This is Sir Gene with the Morning Report. Good morning, surfs. So today we've got a few interesting stories. Um, let's just do a quick rundown. Pentagon says 40 detainees at Guantanamo Bay will be given COVID-19 vaccines. So we know there are more than 40 detainees there total, but only 40 are getting the vaccine, which seems to suggest that these 40 have been tested and found to have COVID. Now, how could they have COVID? They're locked up. They're not going to the store. They're not uh, spreading the disease by having Thanksgiving with their families. Um, very, very strange. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of movement uh, within the confined spaces that they're in. Or maybe it's the security guards, but the security guards really aren't moving around a whole lot either, are they? So how did these people get COVID or did they not get COVID and we're just trying to give them a vaccine proactively? Does something doesn't smell right. Uh, let's move on. Black Lives Matter movement nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. Well, that's not really a surprise, is it? I mean, Obama got it on his first day in office. Um, or, well, let's say in the first month for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, Black Lives Matter has clearly been uh, a, a moving forward the, the peace agenda uh, for the whole of last year. So, makes total sense. Um, what else is happening today? Uh, well, let's see. Um, so the White House doesn't have a whole lot to say on what's going on with GameStop. Jen Saki is, uh, she's really good at, uh, circling back around to things, isn't she? So, uh, with, uh, with GameStop, it's certainly no different either. Um, oh, Trump, uh, trial is, um, Boy, it's that, that teetering point of, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Are the Democrats going to realize this is just going to make them look worse? Or do they have so much hatred for Trump that they're willing to look worse and lose seats in the House and Senate next election in order to go through with this in the Senate? Um, and presumably lose because um, they don't have the numbers from the Republicans willing to flip. Um, I, I personally happen to think that it's uh, uh, it's a good argument that the procedures on firing somebody cannot actually be used once the person no longer works for the company. So the idea of impeaching somebody and going through the Senate trial for a non-sitting president um, seems to sort of uh, be a bit of a derangement. Um, that there was a good uh, article that uh, Babylon B I think posted, saying that Democrats have now resolved to impeach every Republican that's ever had office, because now, of course, this sets the president for retroactive impeachments. Why not? Let's impeach all of them. Let's impeach uh, George Bush. Well, some would say maybe he deserved it. Um, but uh, go go back further, impeach uh, Reagan, um, you know, impeach uh, uh, Ford, impeach all of them as far back as you can, because there's there, that's the new normal, right? There's no reason we can't be impeaching people that are no longer in office, and uh, most of whom are already dead anyway. But this way, just think, if that actually happens, Democrats will be able to say no Republican 
has ever had office that hasn't ended up in impeachment. Who would ever want to reelect a Republican again? Nobody. I mean, if you can impeach the entire party, you pretty much got it nailed, right? You're you're solid uh, moving forward unless a new party starts up. Uh-oh. Speaking of new parties, Trump saying he's not going to be starting a new party and will be working with the Republicans. While I think that that makes strategic sense, um, certainly he will have more ability to help choose who is nominated from the Republican Party by doing that for a state level. Um, I think that it, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't think he's going to run again. I've, I've thought for a while that this talk of running in four years is mostly hyperbole. First of all, he's getting old. He is old. He's getting older. And uh, I don't think he's going to have the energy or really the interest to do that when he could be out playing golf most of the week. Uh, so I don't see Trump running again in four years. So what does that leave? Well, um, he can either create a brand new party and put in some energy to recruit people to flip the people that are actually worth flipping from the Republican Party to the new party. So it's a lot easier to reelect somebody who has already been elected once and simply change parties than it is to run somebody who's never had office as a new third party candidate. Uh, and of course, the big danger that the Republicans are going to be screaming about is, well, every time we've had a third party, it takes votes away from the Republicans. The only reason that Bill Clinton got elected is because Ross Perot ran as a third party and took a lot of the Republican votes with him. And that allowed Bill Clinton to win. And what do you win? Like it, with a 39% majority or something. Um, it was significantly lower number percentage wise uh, than any candidate that's run without a third party running. But um, I think the solution to that is pretty easy. And that is get rid of the Republican Party. We really don't need the GOP. I'm definitely not voting for the GOP ever again. The party has been bankrupted. Not financially, but um, morally, they've been bankrupted. They don't stand for anything. They don't stand for the things that they pretend to stand for when they're running for office. The Republican Party is literally the Democrat Party light. They're the loyal opposition, the guys that are only there to pretend that there's some choice happening. They go along with just about everything. Now, are there standout Republicans right now? that don't fit that mold? Of course. Um, Ted Cruz is a good example. I think Ted Cruz would switch to the new Patriot Party if it was created because Ted Cruz is a lot closer to a populist and uh, closer to what Trump was in that regard than he is a hardcore Republican. I think Cruz, after losing the, uh, the battle for being nominated last election, um, he's gone through a very good growth in his political understanding and seeing really where people that live in his district, his state, where their uh, interests lie. And I think he's a much better potential candidate next time around. But Ted Cruz running as a Republican with a third party in the mix doesn't make sense because it's a guaranteed loss for him. Um, Ted Cruz running as a third party candidate with the Republican party, still probably a loss, but it makes more sense because it establishes 
the uh, the party very solidly and moves him to um, to be the prime candidate next time around as well, even if he loses. I don't think people would think that he lost because it was him. They would think, well, he only lost because he, he was doing it through a third party. So the solution, I think, is simple, and that is just simply to not run a um, a presidential ticket on the GOP. Now, will they want to do it? Obviously, of course, they still will. And if Trump is still involved, more than likely, that's what's going to end up happening. But unfortunately, they're going to lose. Um, I don't think that there there are enough populists that are willing to support the Republicans again after what has happened with their treatment of Trump during this election. It's, uh, I don't see it happening. So I, I think... Either the Democrats keep uh, the presidency for the next round as well. So we're looking at really, well, I, w- I would say eight years of Biden, but I don't think it would be years of Biden. It'd probably be, you know, a year of Biden and seven years of Kamala Harris. Um, I'm still uh, I'm still pretty sure that uh, Biden's got less than a year from the start of his presidency until he's done, either voluntarily or involuntarily. One way or another, he's out of there. Uh, so it's really going to be Kamala running against somebody, and whether that somebody is running simply as a Republican or whether there are two additional candidates, one Republican and one actual good candidate running on the Patriot Party. Um, it's going to be a very interesting election, uh, but it also probably means that um, Kamala's got a very good chance of winning. If uh, the uh, the Republicans manage to prevent a third party from happening in using whatever methods they can, you know, bribing Trump into supporting them, doing whatever they can, even though everybody knows they lie out both sides of their mouth. Uh, Republicans are still going to lose no matter who's running. Um, so Kamala will win. And the reason I, I say that so bluntly is because uh, I'm not going to vote for him. And I know a ton of other people that voted for Trump that are not going to vote regardless of who the Republican candidate is. So the Republican Party is going to have a very hard time trying to get anywhere near a majority because the Democrats don't have that problem. Um, Unless somehow the AOC contingent manages to get so pissed off at Kamala during this cycle that they're going to do the same thing that I'm talking about doing, which is not vote for Democrat and only vote for socialists on their side. If that happens, then the election is going to be even more interesting because really then you're going to have either two or three or four parties potentially running um, during the election itself, not during primaries. Uh, but um, but I also – I just don't see any way around it. Like the Republican Party needs to be punished for what they have done by not keeping the same people in power and the only, only way to punish them – the only way to prevent the same exact people that have thrown away four years of the Trump presidency by not passing legislation that they should have passed. Okay, some would argue two years, but fine, two years. With all the, the bickering and uh, all the inaction that happened on their account, they really deserve what they get. And what they deserve is to not be a major party at this point. So um, there's my controversial uh, opinion for the day. Let's get back to the news. Um, So let's see what else is going on. Oh, I hope everybody had a chance to catch the video of um, 
uh, of uh, Brian, uh, Brian Williams, where he was queuing up for footage of supposedly Trump meeting uh, Kevin McCarthy. And instead what played was a clip of Tom Cruise uh, saying, you complete me um, to Renee Zellweger from uh, Jerry Maguire. That was awesome. And he had Baratunde on there too, which was, I thought, interesting. I have no idea why. Um, uh, I, I guess I would need to watch the larger clip. I just saw the clip where, where this happens and it was hilarious. And that's obviously in uh, posted in No John's social. You can always watch down there. Um, what else we got? Well, we got the shaman who's now feeling betrayed and willing to testify against Trump. So that, uh, this, this guy is such an attention whore. Oh, my God. Clearly willing to do absolutely anything. Well, I mean, like, we knew that. If you look at his face and his costume, obviously he's an attention whore. There's no other reason to be dressed like that. Um, and uh, so he's going to pull this out uh, all the way to the ninth inning here by one, volunteering to testify against Trump, feeling betrayed, and saying that he absolutely was told that uh, he should go and storm the Capitol by Trump. Um, you know, does this change anybody's mind? Is this an actual credible uh, witness or, or, or participant in the act? I don't think so. I think people see him for what he is. It's not going to make any difference. He's just getting his, his two minutes of fame stretched out over a longer period of time. That's all. Uh, China no longer recognizing the BNO passport. So the British National Overseas Passport um, which I guess the uh, the Brits had come up with for the people that lived in their old territories, including Hong Kong, um, so they could be British citizens. Well, China said, yeah, that's not going to fly anymore. Um, so they're, they're no longer going to be recognizing that passport as valid. Uh, and uh, they made this announcement, I guess, two days before that takes place. And there are forty-five or 450,000 people currently in Hong Kong with that passport. So obviously 450,000 people during COVID are not going to be able to pick up and leave Chinese control and then land somewhere, whether it's Australia or Canada or the UK, to be able to uh, escape. So once this happens on January 31st, it looks like those people, as far as China is concerned, are only Chinese citizens and are not dual citizens at that point, uh, which means China is pretty much free to do whatever they want with them, which, I mean, we all need this anyway. It's not like China is really looking for anybody's permission as to how they act with their own people. Um, so Hong Kong's done. I think that's been done for a while. That was pretty obvious. Um, th there's no real support uh, other than, you know, uh, some news coverage and saying, all oh, those those brave Hong Kong demonstrators, good for them. No one's going to help them. So uh, Hong Kong's done. The next question is Taiwan, because China clearly has their eyes set on Taiwan becoming a part of the greater China sooner rather than later. So probably during this current administration, we're going to see Chinese action uh, in uh, uh, in embracing. Taiwan, shall we say? Is that politically correct to say? Um, but uh, coming up with ways to try and 
portray Taiwan as rejoining China. Now, that could probably be done a multitude of ways. Um, uh, there is a, uh, obviously, Taiwan's an island right off the coast of China, so uh, a blockade would be fairly easy to do and cut off all shipping to Taiwan. Would the United States, given who the president of the United States is, um, really want to intervene and risk a nuclear war with China? No. Uh, so I think the U.S. is going to sit back, regardless of what uh, what China ends up doing. There'll be a lot of hot rhetoric. There'll be a lot of threats and words and maybe even some sanctions. But no military action is going to happen from the U.S. side if China moves against uh, Taiwan. So it's, it's highly likely to happen. Um, now, will other countries intervene at all? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I know there's a rising anti-Chinese sentiment in Australia. Um, the UK is going to be pretty pissed off at China, given this the the BNO situation happening. They're not going to be a happy camper. But again, we're in COVID. We're in the Great Reset. So what nation is going to have the balls to do anything that involves shuffling people around to help some other very small um, country, which really, I mean, it's... It, like, how long has it taken for the U.S. to even recognize Taiwan, right? So, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a um, it's a bad situation, um, but right now we're definitely moving into an area where China is feeling empowered. Um, they don't have to really deal with COVID anymore. <laughs> uh, not like any other country has to either, but we're pretending we do. But uh, China is going to feel like they can take much stronger steps. And I, I think uh, that's just going to be uh, a mirroring of, um, of what's happening with the, uh, the freedom the Democrats in the U.S. are feeling uh, to freely talk about things like putting people they don't agree with in camps and re-educating them uh, about uh, not just censoring people's speech but de, uh, de-jobifying them. Let's make sure people lose their jobs, lose their homes, lose their families, lose their freedom. And maybe then they'll learn that not being a Democrat is a bad thing. And they'll then change their minds, they'll change their religion, and they'll, uh, they'll understand that the best thing for them is to embrace the uh, socialist Democrats uh, agenda that's currently uh, popular amongst the Democrat crowd right now. Um, all right. Uh, what else we got? Oh, there's a video of somebody stabbed at Walmart, so that's not a good thing. But I'm sure it's not that rare either. Oh, Spotify, yeah, talked about this a little bit, though. So this came out today. Um, Spotify has gotten a patent which allows it to listen to users' speech recognition and do sound analysis. Now, they've already been uh, recording or having the microphone on in order to determine uh, the mood of the surroundings in order to pick the best types of music to play automatically. So it's kind of a neat feature, right? It sounds cool. You, like your music will automatically adjust just like a TV show or a movie where the music starts getting dramatic when there's more things happening. Um, 
But boy, you know, it's not just uh, random white noise out there. Like people are having conversations. They're, they're, the the text-to-speech technology or, or speech-to-text, I should say, the other way around, speech-to-text technology is very good right now. Uh, it, it really doesn't take much processing power to be able to translate human speech into text, which then can be analyzed, um, dumped in databases, fed through uh, AI systems, and all kinds of big data patterns can emerge out of that. Or potentially, more specifically, keyword analysis can come out. And it's like, oh, somebody mentioned China. Somebody mentioned revolution. Let's see. Um, let's mark this person as somebody that we need to listen to more carefully. Uh, you know, it, it's like the, uh, the genie is definitely out of the bottle on that. Everything from your, your iPhone with Siri to the Alexas and people's houses that are also built into TV sets right now. Um, all the Google devices, everything has their microphones on right now. And a lot of these things have their cameras on, on a regular basis, um, or turn them on and off when you have no idea they're doing that. Your best indicator is if a device's battery seems to be going down a lot faster for some reason than it used to be, there's a reason for that. And, uh, something that does take a lot of battery is um, having video cameras on and recording video on devices. Audio, not so much. Like your microphone can be on your on your phone all the time and your battery life is not going to be significantly impacted. It will be, of course, somewhat, but not significantly. Um, so is Spotify just adding something that's already not a big deal? Maybe, but um, one more company will have recordings of every conversation you have uh, and Spotify is in cars, which is also, I guess, some place that other devices may not be quite as prevalent. So, uh, something to be aware of. Um, uh, let's see. Bitcoin surges 37K because Elon Musk posted a funny tweet uh, with a meme in there. Very good. Uh, latest uh, reports, Johnson Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine looks like it's 72% effective in their trials so three out of four people roughly um but effective were i'm not even sure what that means frankly because uh a lot of these vaccines which are quote-unquote effective seem to also not actually prevent a um reinfection with covid or maybe i should say the an infection with covid because it's the first time after you've had the vaccine uh, the, the guidance is exactly the same for people with vaccines as people without. Wear two masks. Don't go out unless you have to. Stay at least 100 feet away from every other human being. Uh, and, uh, you know, in general, just try to be uh, locked up in your house. So how is that different from what the guidance has been for people that haven't taken the vaccine? It's, it certainly seems the same to me. Um, I recently had dinner with a couple of folks that had COVID, like, you know, not, not the vaccine, but they, they were tested for COVID. They felt symptoms of COVID. They're both in their 30, I guess, early 40s, and they both got through it just fine. Um, so you would think they're now immune, right? I mean, they have the disease. It's a virus. This is how viruses usually work. You can't get reinfected from the same virus once you've fought it off. Um well, they still have to work around wear masks. They still have to uh, distance. They still have to not 
be it at the office, work from home. Like nothing has changed post-COVID uh, infection for them as pre-COVID. Same thing's going to be for the people that go through vaccines. So why bother? What's the point? Um, unless you're genuinely concerned about getting that very slight possibility that getting uh, the vaccine might prevent harsher uh, symptoms. But, you know, some studies would actually say people that have had the vaccine uh, have much harsher infections when they do get infected by COVID rather than um, having no infection uh, or a, a lesser symptoms of infection, uh, which is what vaccines are supposed to do. And somebody else brought up a good point while we're talking about vaccines that it used to be that vaccines were a stopgap measure for things that we either didn't have uh, treatments for or the treatments were costly, expensive, complicated, painful, uh, you name it. So vaccines were never intended to be the main way to fight um, being sick. They, they, they were a preventative measure for extreme cases of things. And uh, I know back when I got vaccines, so 40 plus years ago, uh, the, um, there's relatively few of them. I'm not sure how many, maybe five or six different things. And I, I'm sure that the immunity is completely worn off against all of them at this point. Um, they don't last forever, but, um, but nonetheless, people survived. Um, we, we didn't all die off as a result of, uh, of, uh, viral infections. Uh, the population's still booming. So, Somehow this mindset, the only way to fight viral infections now is with vaccines, uh, has become the, the accepted norm. And I think Adam is exactly correct. Um, Adam Curry, No Agenda. If you're not listening to him, you should be. Um, great podcast. But what, what's happened is uh, by becoming a norm, it allows the companies that make vaccines to not spend as much on a medical insurance because uh, vaccines are exempt from uh, from lawsuits. So essentially, the the government and I'm going off memory here, so I, I could be a little off in my description. But essentially, the government has a fund which is used to pay out lawsuits. Um, that show negligence as a result of getting vaccinated. So it's not the actual manufacturers of vaccines that are on the hook. It's a fund that the government set up and uh, uh, presumably contributes money to. Now, maybe the, the companies that make vaccines also put money in there. I don't know the details, but either way, um, right now, if there's a uh, some sort of a uh, a large negative event that happens with a prescription medication beyond getting recalled, there are almost instantly class action lawsuits that arise out of this that go after the manufacturer uh, to, you know, con uh, try and compensate people that have uh, damaged their health or whatever it is as a result of this, of taking the, uh, the medication. Um, you know, there are a lot of, side effects that end up not showing up until much later, many years later, sometimes in the process. Uh, and I think the, the biggest example is the thalidomide kids 
that were born with uh, greatly deformed limbs as a result of their mothers taking, uh, uh, well, thalidomide, presumably it was the medication, which was supposed to make their pregnancies be easier and more calm. And there's a lot more of them in Europe than the U.S. because in Europe the they allowed that uh, the I guess the use of thalidomide a lot more readily than they did in the United States. So um, long history of drugs that were created to help people becoming something actually that um, hurt them. Um, with vaccines, they're immune. They they you can't have a class action suit against one of these manufacturers for a vaccine. Even if it later turns out, for example, that vaccine causes sterility or that vaccine uh, causes, you know, you, you name it, any number of other conditions. Well, there, there, there is uh, somebody that you can sue individually with this fund, or I guess maybe it's not even a lawsuit, I'm not sure. But essentially, there is a way to try and get some money for it. But, but it, the companies themselves, they're immune from this. So, of course, they're incentivized to be able to treat everything with vaccines instead of uh, with medication. Uh, we've set up a, a game rule for them to follow. So it's really not their fault, right? They're just obeying the rules and figuring out what's the cheapest, best way to conduct ourselves given the rules that exist. And the, the stupidity of the rules is we've incentivized them to treat everything with a vaccine because that has a lower financial risk to them. So I think the the problem is the rules. Um, the medical companies are just acting based on the rules in a self-serving manner, which they should as a business. Um, but it's it's going to end up biting us as uh, as Americans in the ass on this. Um, let's see, what else? Well, uh, looks like the... Uh, Capitol Police Chief wants a permanent ring of defense around the Capitol. So we will really have Fort Washington, D.C., um, which is there to protect itself against uh, citizens of the United States, presumably. Um, I, I don't think it's any foreign enemies that are trying to uh, go after the Capitol here. So um, I remember when... The initial fence, or when the the road was what, what I can't remember the name of the road now off the top of my head, but the original road that runs on the backside of the White House used to be open to traffic. I remember driving down there uh, quite a few times, and uh, all there was was that wrought iron fence. Um, there's some electronic countermeasures too, but and and there's snipers on the roof. But other than that. There was just a wrought iron fence uh, that you could, you know, look right through or take pictures through that goes right to the back of the White House. And uh, you can you have a you had a view of the Oval Office right from there. Um, so then the road was closed during. Gosh, was it Clinton or Bush? I cannot remember off the top of my head. Um I, it was likely during Bush. I don't think it was during Obama. I think it was before Obama. So probably during Bush, but they closed the road off. And then slowly they've been putting up more barriers. Um, not like what we have now. What we have now is uh, barbed wire fencing. So, uh, But it is getting worse. I mean, our capital is starting to look less like a, uh, a capital 
in Europe and more like a capital in uh, banana republics, um, where you have a, a, a nice, beautiful castle that is surrounded by uh, 18-foot fence with barbed razor wire all over it. So that's where we're heading. Um, do we need to talk about Robin Hood? I think everybody knows what's been going on there. Uh, latest things are, I guess, uh, Google's been deleting Robin Hood negative reviews. Uh, and this, this makes sense because both Google and, well, I, I Google on YouTube has been deleting negative or thumbs downs for Biden official video channel from the white house. So, uh, the, the video channel had overwhelming, like probably 10 to one negative reviews or thumbs downs on that channel. And uh, Google's been deleting them. Google doesn't care. They'll delete stuff. It, it, this is the same stuff that was happening with Yelp back years ago. I don't, I assume it's not happening anymore, but where, um, when somebody paid Yelp, they would just delete negative reviews. Um, it's, Hey, it's a private company. They can do what they want, right? That's the mantra these days, ironically, from the Democrats. They're so pro-free market. It's amazing. They can do what they want. Kamala Beer. Did everybody see this? Uh, Minacoca. Uh, is that the name of the company? Yeah, Minacoca Brewing Company has a uh, stout that is dedicated to the vice president called Kamala Beer. It's a 9.7% alcohol, so fairly high alcohol content stout. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's a powerful beer, strong beer. Um, it's a dark beer, um, you know, uh, so uh, it's not one of those light 2% jobs. Uh, and it's a real product. It's not just a made-up thing. Um, pretty neat. Pictures of that on No Agenda Social. Uh, anything else going on? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, we talked about, um, Kamala's stepdaughter getting a modeling contract from IMG. Take one look at this girl. You realize that the modeling is not what she ought to be doing. Maybe coal mining or something, but, um, uh, but clearly IMG wants to get in tight with the next president of the United States. So, and, and I'm sure they're not the only company. I'm sure there's tons of companies that are just coming out of the woodwork right now, trying to come up with ways to entice Kamala's family um, and, and do deals, give them free stuff, uh, set up arrangements. I'm sure there'll be a lot of books coming out with pre pre-purchased orders, but whatever they can to ensure that they're, tight with the next president of the U S and, and by the way, I totally think she's going to be the president no matter what, because, uh, I don't see Biden lasting more than one year. I said that earlier. So I think at the very least, we're going to have uh, half of a full administration, probably three years of Kamala Harris, um, no matter what, even if a Republican gets elected next time, or even if a, a third party gets elected next time. But of course, I already talked about that. I don't see that happening. So it's probably, her for the next two terms. Um, well, I think that's probably about it. That's the morning update from Sir Gene. Uh, hopefully, uh, those of you that still ride in cars could listen to something instead of being online. And for the rest of you, I appreciate you listening in and seeing what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs>